in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the beleaguered Glenn Stansberry. Beleaguered. Maybe I'm just projecting that, Glenn. Okay. Maybe I'm beleaguered. I was going to say, if anybody's had a rough day, it's you. I had a long day. Many things went wrong. <laughs> Why is it that some days, most days, they're, they're just normal days? Some things go wrong, some things go right. But all in all, you kind of even out. Mm-hmm. Today was one of those days where every single thing that I tried to do ended in complete catastrophe. And, and we haven't even recorded the podcast yet. I am fully expecting a <laughs> cannonball to blow through the wind, like the window any minute. Well, it's Thus, law. Uh, yeah, but we'll do the podcast. That's right. I'm not going to give up that easily. This, I've been, well, I've been, I've, I've had heavier deterrence. Yeah. Today. So. Yeah. I say bring it on. And speaking of bringing it on, Glenn, uh, if you want to be brought on, you should go to gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is like a cannonball through your living room. When you open up your laptop and you go over to uh, gentleman.com, it is a fantastic little site, a big site. There's lots of stuff on there. Um, All kinds of fun and interesting facts, uh, how-tos, how-to-not-dos. Right. what you shouldn't do, what you should do, uh, things to enjoy, things to cry about, mm-hmm. things to enlighten you. Right. Inspirational things. Inspirational things. It's just, it's anything to anyone. That's right. Uh, it is every person. Who are we to say? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> No, I totally do. I totally know yeah, what that means. Uh, and I need to. Yeah. I, I was following along. Yeah. Um, but who's to, say, who's to say that we are in charge of, you know, casting what gentleman is for everyone else? It's true. It's, it's, really, it's up to you, people. It's really in the eye of the beholder. That's right. Is what it is. You don't have to take our word for it. Uh, but what's unequivocally not in the eye of the beholder is podcast.gentleman.com. Right. Um, it's a site where, uh, let's be honest, um, you can go experience... A new low in your life. Mm. Did you say love? Love. A new low. A, lo- a new love. Low. Oh. I was, gonna, I was going with the honesty route. Okay. Um, some people are glutton for punishment. Mm. You know what I mean? That's us. Like, uh, there's a lot of times that people spend a lot of time on the internet doing things that are, right. you know, like, why are these people doing this? Yeah. I feel like there's a market out there of people that want to go back and listen to all 118 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. That's right. It seems like they're, I mean, as, as, as far as things go, people watch cat videos. Yep. They watch dog videos, I think. Somewhat. Uh, probably. I think, I've seen some dog videos. I think videos. dog pictures are bigger than dog yeah. videos. Or, yeah, dog videos. But cat, cat videos, I think, are big things. Right. And um, I, think, I think they're big things. And, and <laughs> people watch GIFs. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, So, I think that listening to all 118 previous episodes of the Journal Podcast could be something that people would be interested in. Yeah, you're, you're saying glad for punishment. I I have a friend who um, hate follows people on oh, social networks. So. That's interesting. And then we'll use that as like, I, I don't know why this individual does this, but uh, she does. And it's uh, it's it's... It's, uh, I feel like that's the kind of person who would really latch on to the general podcast. Yeah. If you um, want to put yourself through some misery. Yeah. Hey, I mean, have at it. 118 can previous you believe episodes. what these jerk apples said this week? Right. Mm-hmm. I hate these guys. Yep. I'm going to write them oh, a letter. Oh, yeah. I'm writing them. I'm totally going to write them a letter yep. Yep. about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of that, that's what you should do. Yep. Um, once you listen to all 100, you have to listen to all 118 episodes, but once you do that, then uh, you're totally welcome to send us a letter. I say give us a chance. It's encouraged. Don't listen to one episode and then write us an angry letter. Yeah. I'd say get a bigger sample size, listen to 118 previous episodes, and then if you feel like getting, writing us a letter, then by all means, do. And you can do so at uh, P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044, uh, where we will get your letter. Um, we will read it. 
We will parse it for uh, its overall vibe. And then we will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will post it on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will probably respond to you in kind. Brian, I've had... Can, can we just be real for a second here? Yeah. I, I think people get the impression somehow that our show is like tongue-in-cheek and not always truthful, maybe. Like mm-hmm. we're putting it on front or we're... Right. We're making things up. Totally real, the whole thing. But people have actually asked us, do you actually have a mailbox that people write to? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes it is do. an actual P.O. box. Yeah, there's a P.O. box. <laughs> at, the, at the post office. That's number 442305. It's an actual thing. Yeah. So we're not joking. All right? yeah, this, isn't, no. this isn't a, no, a it's, facade. It's totally, it's totally real, real, real postal office box that you can send mail to. That's right. But don't send anything, you know, that'll get you in trouble. Right. Or us in trouble. Or us in trouble. Please, yes, please don't do that. Um, yeah, I don't want to have to have the post postmaster <laughs> listen to the gentleman podcast to explain why we got a boot in the mail from somebody. Um, anyway, uh, so send us a letter, right? PO Box four four two three zero five, a real post office mm-hmm. box in Lawrence, Kansas six six zero four four. Um, if you're worried about um, doing that, and maybe you want to send us a virtual something, mm. um, you can do so. By sending us an email, how howdy at gentleman dot com, or going to one of the various scary social networks mm. um, like Facebook, mm-hmm. and trying to get in touch with us there. Um, so yeah, you can get in touch with us a multitude of various ways. Um, that was a unnecessary double uh, word that I just said, but anyway, the point is, you can easily get in touch with us many different ways. However, which way you feel uh, compelled to do so, get in touch with us. We, we'd be glad to hear from you. Like to hear from people out there. Uh, so please do. Uh, that means we can move on to the episode in proper, Glenn. And it's time for the drink of the week. It's about time. This is the meat of the episode, as I often like to say. Uh, and this week, Glenn, it was my turn to go get a hold of something. And thankfully, um, I didn't have to. I had something sent to me. Uh, this is... Uh, so Laura's sister came and stayed with us. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks later, I got a card in the mail that said, thanks for letting us stay with you guys. Uh, we got you a membership in the Beer of the Month Club. <laughs> from, wow. From our friends over at Amazing Clubs. Wow. Uh, and so I say our friends loosely. I've never, I don't know anything about it. But the they point could is, be our friends after this episode. It could be. Um, the point is, so uh, Laura's sister got us uh, this, this, uh, this membership in this club. And the club, it, it sends you over uh, beers every month. Uh, for I think, I think three months or something like that. Anyway, the point is, I was sitting in my underwear on my couch one day, and I heard something lumbering Wait, this up. Couch? Yes, uh, right where you're sitting. Uh, and I uh, and I was uh, I heard something lumbering up the 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 porch, and then I heard a big drop. <laughs> and I went to the I, I'd forgotten about this card, and I went to the porch to see, and I, I got this box, and I I tried to pick it up, and it was awful awfully heavy. And I pulled it in, I set it down, and I heard some glass in there. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is weird. I wonder what this is. So I, I popped it open, and to my surprise, there was 12 beers in there. I, I'd forgotten all about it, but when I opened wow. them up... Now, I have to say, on first blush, I, I looked at the beers that it came with, and I was like, look at these beers. Like, the, the marketing's all bad on them. Mm-hmm. They're all... They look, you know, I don't know about this, or mm-hmm. whatever. But... I have to say, I did try a couple of the. There, so what I got was four different, four different beers from mm-hmm. two different breweries. Mm-hmm. Okay, I tried one beer from each brewery, and they were both surprisingly good. <laughs> so uh, looks can be deceiving, and this is something we can't get in our area. That's true. So we're really expanding our reach here. Uh, this is this. So what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, Belfast Bay Brewery, uh, which is out of Belfast, Maine. Okay. Um, Belfast Bay Brewing Company is a family-owned microbrewery out of Belfast, Maine, uh, near New Brunswick and uh, Nova Scotia. They make three beers, which I like. The fact that they only make three beers. That's right. Because we talked about some breweries try to make ten out of the gate. These, these, they only do three. Is what they're, is, they, they're focused. Uh, they make the Stone Crab IPA, the McGovern's Oatmeal Stout, and their famous Lobster Ale. And we are trying tonight their famous Lobster Ale. Wow. Now, in addition to uh, hops and barley and all this stuff, there's actually lobster sweat in this. Um, Real bits of lobster, they, huh? they, 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 they heat the lobster up and they take the condensation off the lobster. And they put it 
as an ingredient in the beer. I don't. I can't tell if you're joking. You're joking. <laughs> That's a total. Okay. No. Well, I say that because sometimes these craft beers, you never uh, know. They will. They, they will. will do, <laughs> they, they'll, they'll say on their website, "We are the first brewery to use lobster sweat in our beer." Panda sweat beer. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, no, that's a complete falsehood. This is just a, a name for their red ale. This is a red ale, uh, and it is their staple that they've worked very hard to perfect since 1996. So, like I said, this is the wow. Belfast Bay Brewing Company uh, Lobster Ale. The red ales are right in our wheelhouse, Brian. I think so. I'm excited about this one. I didn't have high hopes upon viewing it, but I learned that sometimes, sometimes looks can be deceiving. Why? Why are you staring at me, Brian? Why are you? What did I, you mean? You like kind of nodded at I'm, me. No, I, I, I was looking over your shoulder. Oh, at okay. The <clears throat> thing that was behind. Sometimes there. things aren't as terrible as they look. This is yeah. This is a red ale. Um, it's a five percent mm. alcohol by volume. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know the IBU, so we're gonna have to test for that. Right. I don't know the price, so we're gonna have to guess at the price. I'm gonna say the price is um, nice. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Cheers. Well, cheers, buddy. Mm. Yeah. Pretty good. Not bad. That's pretty good. That's Ooh. Bad. I like that. It's definitely a full-bodied. It's got some bite to it. I really like that. It's not bad. I like it. It's not, it's not bad. This Man. is their, uh, that this is their, um, their flagship. You know, you know what I think, Brian. This makes me, it makes me feel like I should be in Maine right now on the coast. Right. It, it just has that kind of, you know, I should be out looking at the ocean, drinking this beer, talking to some swarthy fishermen about today's catch. I like that it's not too, it's not too, um, mm. it's not too over the top. No. But it's got enough taste to it. It's there, got yeah. It's still got some some got sea little, legs. How's your how's your father? <laughs> uh, okay, go for it, my hand motion. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so anyway, Glenn, if you had to uh, put a rating on this uh, lobster ale, uh, what would you? Uh, would you I like the name too, lobster yeah. ale. I like that they're just going for it with the name. That's cool. I man, I dig this. I that's pretty good. I I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna give it a eight point three. Wow, that's pretty good. I really, yeah. I really like this. This is I was at I was, solid. I was at eight point four actually, mm. and I this really honestly, Glenn, this teaches me a lesson. Yes, about things mm-hmm. because a lot of times we'll talk about the presentation of the beer right. and the marketing material of the beer, you know. And this is probably some of the worst uh, presentational beer that yeah. we've seen. But yeah, the Iron Maiden beer was pretty awful. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> But the so, but it's good. The beer's good. You, you said they've been like per- perfecting this since nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six is when they started. The, the, it looks like it's a bottle started in nineteen ninety six. It looks like the packaging is the same from nineteen ninety six. I mean, it looks yeah. like it's, but it tastes really good. It does, it, yeah, I like this wow. one a lot. Um, so I would say that um, from now on, if I see something that's in a in a, the packaging isn't jumping out at me or anything like that, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a shot. I will say, I will say, I think um, maybe we've talked about this in the podcast. Uh, this is one of those beers. Free that, state, bre- the yes. free state. Yeah, the you free- need a glass, uh, right? Yeah. So yeah. the 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 cap is kind of uh, worn a little thin on the in on glass, the. In the glass, it's much better. Tastes a little, tastes a little, uh, you know, aluminum-y, if that's a word. But yeah, this is a solid beer. Wow. Tell you what, your friends at uh, Amazing Clubs. Amazing Clubs. Amazing Clubs. Yeah. Wow. Okay, uh, so Glenn, you said... Uh, okay, so we have to type some... We have to get over to... It doesn't matter what we had to say about this beer. We have to get this in the hands of our machine learning, machine learning AI algorithm-based computer, the Mustache Swiss Scale computer, and let the, let the Mustache Swiss Scale computer churn through these numbers... And give us a vibe on uh, what the official empirical mustache with scale rating for this beer is. Um, so, Glenn, we said that the price was undetermined, but I'm going to guess. Look, it's it's a regional brewery, right? Think Free State. It's a fishing town. It's a fishing town. Hardworking people. Yeah, I, I'm going to say probably 850 right in the right. in the middle of the road That's there right. because 
you know, I'm thinking like a Free State type thing. Since 1996, Free State's been around since 1990, serving the Lawrence area. Um, it sounds like the town, Belfast, Maine, has about 7,000 people in it. So okay, so maybe... I doubt there's very many uh, craft breweries. So uh, maybe a little bit even cheaper than 849. Yeah. This is San Diego breweries. No. You know? No, no, no. Okay, so we'll say 849. That'll, that's on the high end, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then we said that the... Oh, we don't know the IBUs, do we? Do we know the IBUs? I don't think we know the IBUs. Mm. Um, what would you say the IBUs are? I'd say like 20? 20. 20, 22. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 25. Okay. So we'll say 25 on the high side. Just, you know, whatever. And the alcohol by volume is 5%, I believe. Mm. Um, so. I could have about... I could have about five of those in a setting. Yeah, I could have without like one into a different beer. Yeah. Some beers you can only have one of, and you know it's fine. This is just a. It's best better out of the glass, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right, easy writer, man. Yeah. Uh, mm. That's good. Dude. Okay, Glenn. Well, given those facts, it appears the mustacheless scale computer uh, has arrived at the conclusion. Now I just have to go pick up the uh, report that has been printed off, and I will bring it back, and we will delve into this and find out what the official empirical mustache twist scale computer excellent score is for the lobster out so um, let me just get to the nitty gritty here um, where the and then main fishing villages uh, okay <laughs> fishing villages uh, according to the mustache twist scale computer the official uh, MTS score for this beer is an 8.35 whoa yeah so that's pretty a, high pretty that's good. a really good not bad not bad um, not bad at all for a family owned brewing company um, their flagship ale is in fact uh, very good I would agree I don't I think the uh, the the beer the beer of the month club has is, is got the nail on the head starting this one out as a first shipment, yeah, it's it's it's. I've been pleasantly surprised with them. I've, so. I've, I've been I've been scouring the web here trying to find if we could get some IBUs on this, mm. but I, I I can't. I think we fell short on that. It doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and we know, um, just as an aside, not that it really matters, but I know for the fact that the beer snobs rated this as a eighty, mm-hmm. as an eight point zero, eighty. Um, right. They use they use like big numbers. Well, you know, unscientific. Look. Uh, it's not uh, algorithm, mm. artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. machine learning, uh, so we can safely dismiss all of their claims. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means we can move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Um, and first up, we have our good friend, friend of the show, uh, Elon Musk. Yes. very A very dear friend of ours. Uh, he really... He's, you know... Always, always talking to us about what he's working right. on and all this stuff. We're like, Elon, stop calling me. Yeah, hey, look, we have you know, we have jobs, right? You know, right. We can't. You know, no, we're not going to come work we for you. We can't consult on uh, the stuff that you're working on with your spaceships and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, the point is, Priv posted this story called uh, "The Tesla Solar Roof Finally Has a Price." Now, Elon Musk is a champ, but <laughs> he also has a penchant for. Teasing things months in advance, and then right. you know, not, not really. Uh, he's very PT Barnum, mm-hmm. uh, selling the sizzle, not the steak. You right, know what I mean? exactly. And uh, so, and this is kind of in that vein where he, you know, he's basically saying that this, uh, I'm going to build this solar roof thing, and it's going to be cheaper than actual roofs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's sort of true, a little bit, kind of. If you look at it one certain way, if yeah, if if framed in the right, if looked at it in the right light. But anyway, the point is, Tesla, in addition to making spaceships and cars, right, and autonomous cars, and, and the underground the, uh, hyperloop, underground or, transportation I, things. It's like yeah, the hyperloop, the collider. Is that what it? I don't know. Underground collider, things that we can't even remember right. the names of. Um, they they're also fixing solar energy for houses, uh, which is pretty cool, but. The, the point is, uh, Tesla has this concept that's become real, and you can pre-order this, which is basically replacing your roof tiles with straight-up one-to-one solar tiles. Yeah. They're, they're shingles, basically. They're yeah. basically solar shingles. Yeah. And they look beautiful. They do. They look really, really good. They're nearly indestructible. Uh, they will last, apparently, according to Elon Musk, for the lifetime of your house. 
Um, they are expensive. They are expensive. But they will save you your entire energy bill. Yes. So they will power your house. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for most people, this will be a premium on top of that. Right. To be using solar energy. So basically, there's been a lot of, you know, a big deal about how um, if you... Tesla's been marketing this as this is cheaper than a lot of roofs that right. you actually end up buying. And when you take into account the, the government credits that you get for doing this and uh, you pay for it up front... That's where you get the the big cost savings, right, 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 right. So you pay you outlay a bunch of money up front, right. Um, then you save all your money on your energy on the back end bills, yeah. but you are outlaying a ton of money up front to do your house. I ran through mine, and they were saying it was what fifty fifty eight fifty eight thousand dollars or something like that. But then you'd have free energy for thirty years, right? Is the the, the and a new roof and a new roof because a new roof costs eleven thousand dollars generally right um so they're saying that basically like an asphalt roof is way cheaper but if you're going to do tile metal or slate which does last much longer and more expensive then tile metal or slate is going to be more expensive than the solar um installation uh he also showed a video of a ice bowling ball like the biggest uh hail that you could ever imagine yeah impacting like a basketball a a tesla solar tile and it completely destroyed the uh the hail and the yeah. solar tile was just fine so they're basically saying it's so rock solid heavy duty that it's going to last well and on their website they also have simulations with other types of uh they have like a regular house tile i think and something else that just completely busts mm-hmm. through this this ice ball just yeah. destroys but yeah tesla tile i the thing about this is that it looks beautiful mm-hmm. and that solves a big problem for a lot of people right. Which is that I would get it on my house because it looks good. Right. And the previously, you have these big racks of solar right. tiles and it looks pretty bad. It's, a, it's an add-on. It's a it's yeah. something, you know. It's, this seems more effective and efficient. I think the price needs to come down a little bit before yeah. people are going to jump on board with this. That's good, though, because if they're paving the way, there's going to be others that try to... You know, who knows who else might get into the space? You know, like they see what Tesla's done and they might be able to. I would like to see a cheaper version that only lasts 15 years because, yeah. you know, in 15 years, like they're, they're saying 30 years of of energy creation, basically, uh, from these tiles. But, you know, the innovation in that area is going to be incredible in the right. next six or seven years. Exactly. So getting something to last 30 years or a lifetime is really not it's not a good time to do that. Right, Basically. it's good. It's good for marketing. Yes, you know it, it frames it nicely. Right. But right, yeah, it's it's smart. I mean, I you know, my brother, my my brother and I have had this conversation because he installs solar panels for uh, living, yes. you know, residential areas. Right, and he's not real big on this. I think part of it is because you know that's like it's basically cutting out his job. Mm-hmm. Like if if everybody switched to this, then maybe maybe they would install that. But right. you know, there's there's complexity and. And uh, he's he's basically saying that it's a little too good to be true, mm. but you know, and it may be. I don't know. He also, I he also doesn't have a Tesla roof, so I mean, I yeah. My my feeling on that is like uh, a rocket that lands itself. Yeah, you know, and you can reuse. That's yeah. a little too good to be true. And a space luxury uh, electric car that you know has that range, and then a a nationwide network of charging stations. Right, that's a little bit too good to be true. Right. You know, uh, it's like yeah, it's kind of like you know you. If if it actually does what it says it's gonna do, I mean, you just gotta if if you're if you're the players in the market, you just gotta be like, well, they beat us. Yeah, <laughs> back it in, boys. Yeah, and you gotta start wondering. I mean, because he's had some, he's had, he's had some hits, right? Consistently. Yeah. Uh, uh, PayPal. There's that one. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? Uh, Oh yeah, Tesla. Tesla. The car, yeah. The car, yeah. Tesla. Which is the spaceship thing, where he's taking, going to take us all to the moon. He's well, he's taking us to the moon and yeah. Mars. Yeah. Well, and Mars, if if that works out, we're we're right. still working on that. That's still an R and D, but um, right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Glenn. Well, that's interesting. I I'm, I'm going to hold off. Right. I'm going to wait a couple years till Model Three. 
and then um, yeah v3 and then i'm gonna i might dive in there pull the trigger yeah yeah i yeah it'll be interesting i would love to see more reviews of people who actually have it and like because it's so new yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what the market does yeah all right brian well next up we have a post by all right i posted it. all right just gonna lay it out there i posted it sometimes you know it's good it's good stuff sometimes it's late at night sometimes you're <laughs> off on the internet and you're yeah. on and i and i uh, i stumbled across this little uh, nugget about Amazon's founder Jeff Bezos, Bezos, Be- Bezos, Bezosus, Jeff Mimosas, the Bebosus with the Moses. <laughs> it, Brian, he does have the Moses. He is worth. This article is from Fortune, right? And it turns out that Jeff Bezos, for a one shining moment, was the richest man in the world. Yeah. Um, but on. Uh, last week, he had a little bit of a rough and tumble week where he lost uh, six billion dollars in uh, a night. In a day, um, in, well, yeah. in a day. You're right; they don't do it at night. Maybe, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the Ford markets. Well, they have the after the after hours trading, so maybe that that was part of it. So, yeah. Wow! Look at you. I don't even. I don't. I don't know anything about this. They have they, they have markets for after hours trading. Wow! So I'm sure it probably for, went for down. Junkies, some. is yeah. that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough of the day trading. Yeah, right. Um, so, he, Bill Gates was previously the richest guy in the world. Mm. Um, and Jeff Bezos became, surpassed him with $92 billion. Mm. But unfortunately, uh, not long after that, uh, Amazon's shares took a tumble. And because Jeff Bezos owns 16% of Amazon... He lost $6 billion in a day. Yeah. Uh, but I'm banking on the fact, Brian. Not too bad. I'm banking on... The, yeah, it is too bad. It is, I'm, but I'm banking it's going gonna, it's gonna to rebound. I, I bet he'll be okay. I think he's going to be fine. I think he will. Yeah. Um, so... So, yeah, Amazon uh, ex- like reported an extraordinarily bad earnings kind of situation because they're like getting into so much stuff yeah. that all the money is kind of getting in, pushed in all these different areas right yeah. now. Um, but that should be like kind of freaky because that means they're they're putting their tentacles into more stuff right now, and it's only going to get crazier. I remember when they launched, and this is kind of geeky, but I remember when they launched AWS, which was their hosting platform yep. for websites. Yep. And I was thinking, like, nobody's. I mean, how are they going to make any money? They're just a fraction of what everything else costs. Right. And now they're the single biggest provider of right leaps and bounds. And it's making, one of their biggest money making things <laughs> that they do, which says a lot too. Because yeah. well, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad that he lost the $6 billion, but he's going to make it right back. Uh, Brian, in the last year, he made 25 bills. So Well, so, so yeah, this, being down $6 billion, you got to have that perspective. Not too bad. <laughs> Still up 19 <laughs> Yeah. Not a bad year if you made $19 billion. Um, we know what that's like. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the club, Jeff. That's right. Um, anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, let's move on because I'm getting depressed now. The uh, <laughs> next thing we're going to talk about is uh, something that I posted. Um, yeah. A thoughtful, sharing, caring post by Brian McKinney. Hmm. Uh, and this week's hmm. thoughtful, sharing, caring post is called This Man Built a Gigantic Backyard Swimming Pool at His House. So you might think, oh, well, what's the big deal? He just hired somebody to build a pool at the house. And no, 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 no. This dude decided that he wanted a pool and he made it himself mm-hmm. him and his brother who's a licensed contractor uh decided to make this diy pool and it has three hundred thousand gallons of water <laughs> we're using the term pool loosely here it's it's more like a pond is yeah. essentially what it is and in true diy fashion he built the 90 by 70 foot pool and it's been through some iterations of mm. things Basically, he started out one way, and it it got dirty, and so now he's got pumps and chlorine and, like, all this stuff. But it's basically like a man-made water park-ish kind of pond. He said at the deepest point, it's about 14 feet deep, <laughs> but they still have the kitty area and stuff. And it doesn't do it justice to hear me talk about it, so go to podcast.gentleman.com, and I've got a link to the video up. But basically, it's just, like, a huge man-made pool uh it looks like a little lagoon or something like that on his property and to his credit he basically said you know he did it for his family and his friends to have a place to hang out with and just enjoy 
And I like the idea that this guy is just like, well, I've got this open land. Let's just pump 300,000 gallons of water into it and have a <laughs> swimming pool for everybody to come hang out at. I'm sick of mowing this thing. Yeah. Not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I. What caught me by surprise was this guy lives um, in Jesse, no, Jerry Lesunk. Lesunk? Lesink. He lives in Alberta, Canada, right? So, swimming pool in Canada, you know, this is a short window of time. It's not like he's in New Mexico or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but apparently, if you watch the video, he talks about the fact that they're going to use it as an ice skating rink. Oh. In the winter months. Very nice. Which is pretty cool, too. Yeah. So, little ice hockey, little, you know, maybe they do some boating on the, uh, yeah, on the 90 by 17. Uh, not excuse me, ninety by seventy pool. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. I it's would pretty impressive. In, I would swim in that. It's it looks yeah. like a like a Vegas pool or something like that. You know, got the yeah weird hued water. It's like greenish blue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty neat. Pretty pretty cool DIY project. Uh, I don't know how much it cost him. I don't know if they said, but yeah, uh, it doesn't matter because you can't get a, put a price on enjoying a pool at your house. No, you can't. And his, you know his friends and neighbors get to come by. Mm-hmm. He he becomes the the hip guy. He becomes in the, neighborhood. the man. Yeah, that's right in Alberta. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, that was some interesting posts from gentleman.com dot com the last two week or so. Uh, let's move on and talk about the toast this week. And um, uh, we talked about a couple different things, but we we couldn't we could not toast this guy. Uh, Sam Shepard mm-hmm. passed away unfortunately uh, after a short battle with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease ALS. Um, which no one knew about because this guy uh, was such a true gentleman that he wanted to uh, not publicly announce his uh, health problems or anything like that. He wanted to go on and, and live his life and do what he was going to do. And I was kind of shocked to see this because I was yeah. a big fan of the series uh, Bloodlines. And he started in that uh, just a couple years ago and uh, looked great. He looked like he was doing pretty well. He, he did a great role in Bloodlines and, you know, was, was awesome. And uh, so I didn't know about that. But uh, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writer of plays. He's written, I think, around 60 plays. Uh, he started in numerous movies, television shows. Uh, just been uh, he's, he's won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for some of his roles. Uh, so super talented guy. Uh, I was reading through a couple things about him, and people that knew him best uh, knew him for being bold and a likable and good person to work with, which is two interesting uh, contrasts in someone. And someone that's probably smart enough to write 60 very successful plays from a young age, from the time I think he was about 21, he was writing plays wow. that were very successful, not yeah. just like writing plays, but writing plays that were getting done in New York. Uh, so he's done nothing but uh, solid work in theater and acting for many years. Yeah, the, the article, um, there's a New York Times article about about his life, and there's a quote that basically, or I think I think the author's basically saying he was the reluctant actor. Mm. Like, he, he was pretty cautious of being an actor and fame and everything. And mm-hmm. he's, so that's why, I, I've only seen like little snippets of stuff that he's done, but he's, you can, you can just see that coming through. Like, he... He's not somebody out there to get famous, and he wasn't. I mean, like, I mean, he, he had yeah. MLS from everybody for kind of I think um, ALS. I'm sorry, ALS. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, they said. I, I think later in his career is when he did more. The majority of his acting. It seemed like it was kind of he was writing when he was in the 1960s. By the 70s, he did a few roles, and then by the 80s, a little bit more, and then by the 90s and the 2000s, he did the more acting. So maybe later in his career, but he produced a uh, play every two or three, four years uh, throughout his lifetime. So ever since he was 21 wow. or so, so he's prolific uh, writer. And um, so anyway, it's pretty pretty awesome. Probably one of those guys that we won't know the impact of his yeah, work sure. until further yeah. down the road. Too. Well, I mean, when you write. 60 plays, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that tends to live on and, and be bigger than than what it appears at the time. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. Well, uh, toast to Sam Shepard. To Sam. Rest in peace, buddy. Okay, Glenn. Well, that uh, means it's time for the... Uh, buddy. Topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, <clears throat> there's, an, uh, there's a story that caught my eye. And um, and we were talking about Elon Musk earlier, and there was an interesting back and forth between Elon Musk 
<laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg recently in the in the that made the rags uh, the news rags and um, the gist of that conversation was that uh, Mark Zuckerberg had a talk and he said you know what this AI thing this artificial intelligence thing it's it's totally fine it's fine everybody's a little pessimistic about it but I'm not worried about it I think worried it's gonna be it. yeah I think it's I think it's gonna be just fine and then Elon Musk said something like yeah Mark Zuckerberg doesn't know very much about artificial intelligence <laughs> so uh anyway the point is um elon musk is is kind of count him in the camp that is a little afraid of the consequences of uh machines being smarter than people and uh i, I would count myself in that camp i'm in there um i'm firmly in that i'm camp. on team afraid of team musk team <laughs> afraid of our robot overlords <laughs> right um i've seen terminator yeah Never ever in the movies has this gone well for the humans. If I have to take on a shape shifting Arnold Schwarzenegger esque robot, right? I'm not looking forward to that, right? Uh, but anyway, the point is, Glenn, uh, Facebook we're, we're working on some AI stuff, you know. And, and Zuckerberg's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. We're just doing some AI stuff." But AI is fun. It's totally not a big deal. And they developed a couple of bots that were tr- they they wanted to teach them about negotiation. And so, almost like a fight, they were negotiating over certain things. And then, lo and behold, these two uh, artificial intelligence entities actually created their own language to discuss the terms of their bargaining Mm -hmm. uh, that was undecipherable by humans. Hang on. Hang on. Time out. (laughs) uh, in response, the the company that was monitoring this experiment, and this is the people we're trusting with this, Facebook. Yeah. The same people that bring you the cat videos that yes. uh, pervade your um, uh, viewing experience. And also Facebook. And also Facebook. <laughs> um, they decided, whoa, this, this whole thing that we don't understand that the computers are talking to each other is probably not a good idea. So they shut it down. Uh, but... The the leader of the experiment said, hey, that's totally fine. Look, uh, AI agents inventing their own language may sound alarming, but it's a well-established subfield of artificial intelligence. Uh, and publications on this are dating back decades, so it's totally fine. <laughs> I, I'm not reassured. Look, people have been writing about this for a long time. I'm not reassured uh, about this because... Um, just because Terminator was written in the right. 80s, right. I, I'm not more comfortable right. with... Uh, the fact is that... L- let's look at the facts here. <laughs> facts are these. Two computers started talking to each other in a language that was not decipherable by humans. Right. And Facebook crapped themselves and shut it down. They pulled the plug. And uh, we're supposed to be like totally cool with that and be like, oh yeah, it's fine. This happens all the time. No big deal. I don't think they would have shut it down. If there was some kind of, like, uh, I don't know if it was totally fine. I don't think they would have stopped the experiment. Yeah, it's hard to put the uh, it's hard to put that monkey back in the box once it uh, gets out. Cage. That's a bad analogy. But my my point. <laughs> it's hard to turn the power off. Right. When, a, when you when <laughs> a couple of bots that are self aware. Right. Self aware and know how to negotiate. You and I have seen the movie Glengarry Glengarry Ross, right? Yes. All right. Uh, I was just thinking about the bots (laughs) trying to negotiate with the person that was about to to set the to shut it off. Now, let's talk about this. You don't Uh, want to shut it now. Let me tell you why you don't want to shut. (laughs) You're right. I don't want to shut this down. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I like the argument, though, that because people have been writing about this phenomenon, it's a widely, you know, discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, the fact that robots can become self-aware and can develop languages that we don't understand. Right. Um, it's been written about, and that's good, you know, for decades, so we shouldn't worry about it. Right. What else has been written about for decades that we shouldn't worry about, Brian? Uh... Anthrax? Anthrax. Uh, yeah. Any plague? Nuclear bombs. Holocaust. Nuclear. Yeah, nucle- yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a few things. Asteroids that- hitting the Earth. Um, yeah. 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 Mass just- extinction. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, J- just because things are written about doesn't mean it's okay. Right. I mean, I'm glad people are aware of them, but that should make you even 
Right. More, you know, critical of what you're doing, you idiots. <laughs> it, it, it's like Richie Rich gets, you know, like a wild hair in him and decides to like, you know. Just listen to this this sentence. This totally freaks me out. And I'm not an alarmist at all. I, I'm mostly the guy that's like, okay. Yeah. With technology, I'm like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Self-driving cars. Right. As an example. Let's, you're, you're a huge proponent of that. Yeah. Let's, they freak this, me out. This will, this will save people's lives. Yeah. Come on. Okay? But listen to this statement. Uh, these bots, during the negotiation process, and this is according to Facebook, during the negotiation process, the AI developed their own way of communicating. The researchers shut down the conversation once it became too tough to decipher. So there's like a safe word or something, and <laughs> I I can just imagine they're like there's like a like a big red button, you know, that's like, you know, kill the power to the entire city of San Francisco just in case the AI gets out of control. Man, I've seen too many movies, too many movies about this. I Robot, that movie freaked me out, and it's yeah. a Will Smith movie. Yes, right? right. I shouldn't be, you know, yeah. It's coming, man. It's coming. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm behind. My, I like. I think. I think Musk. If you were going to back one horse, yep, and it was Zuck versus Musk, right? I would be 100, percent 110, percent. Yeah. I if you were going to bet your life, yes, on one guy, yes, it would be Musk. A hundred days out of seven, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like every damn day of the week times a hundred. I don't know. Zucky invented the poke, right? Uh, you can you can poke people on Facebook. Zuck, I am to, I totally agree with Musk that Zuck has no idea about any of this stuff. Right? He's like some dude that wrote a little bit of software mm-hmm. and became way bigger than he probably should have. And been. may or may not have taken the idea from somebody else. Yeah. And may or may not have you know. Like I've seen the social network. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Right. <clears throat> Eduardo, yeah, I I feel yeah. I understand, man. I get it. We got to get um, him on the show. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the point is, Glenn uh, Musk. I think he knows what he's talking about, and he's not. Musk isn't willing to talk trash on somebody else. But no. when he comes out and he says like he doesn't really understand artificial intelligence, I totally <laughs> believe him. <laughs> Don't you? I yeah. Mean, can't you see Musk as some guy that's up there? To, or I mean. Uh, Zuckerberg is some guy out there that just talks about this stuff and doesn't understand the implications of all of it. Oh, for sure, because it's new and it's hot and it's something to play with, and you know, just like the, anyway. Uh, I, I in the podcast we have featured uh, Elon Musk talking about artificial intelligence before, mm-hmm. warning people. Yep, and he had said at the time, "Yeah, there's a few companies I'm keeping my eyes like really close on because yeah. I don't trust right. them, and I right. think this is really dangerous and a problem for our society." Right. And you it's got to be Facebook. The one of, yeah. I mean, you know, we have re- I imagine our country has stringent more stringent regulations in like yeah, you know, there's got to be other, other countries, countries in the world. Where, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> But the I mean, the thing is to really really get some artificial intelligence stuff rolling, you got to have so much data, and there's only a few companies that have access to that big of data. You know what I mean? There's only like these super companies mm-hmm. that have so much data and they can easily get at it and consume it without, you know, too much trouble. So it's these big companies. Those are the guys. You're right. So it's got to be Facebook and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And there might be some other countries where they have big, like Google, Facebook, Apple kind of companies that we don't really mm-hmm. know about on a first name basis. But there's probably. A lot of companies out there are like that, but those are the, the the big companies are the ones you got to keep your eyes on, at least right now, because they're they're the ones that have the readily available data that can oh, feed yeah. into artificial intelligence and make them learn their own language, and then uh, soon take over the world. So, uh, anyway, I yeah, th- I'm I'm pretty freaked out by Facebook doing this stuff. This is a major downer. I would say like <laughs> stick with you know your pokes and your yeah. likes and your fake news and all that stuff <laughs> yeah fix fake news first all yeah, right and do then, that then, work then on show me show me something that gives you know yeah. that gives me a little bit of hope that you can actually right not trip over yourself yeah 
I don't know. It's tough because it gets to become a wider problem when you have more and more companies that have access to enough data to do this stuff. And you got these weird ass engineers that don't really know what they're doing and they're doing all this. I don't know. It's, it's pretty freaky. It's too new. It's too, it's too, it's just not enough. Uh, Google needs to be regulation. Google's like this too. They're yeah. on record for saying that they're, they're more optimistic about yeah. a like sentient artificial intelligence being, I'm not very optimistic about that. Don't like it. Uh, Call me old-fashioned. If there's a 50-50 chance, that's not that's not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, if it's going to be evil or it's going to be good, we don't right. know. It's about 50-50. You shouldn't be optimistic. You should be dead certain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's a 1% chance. <clears throat> we're optimistic we're not creating Terminator. Yeah. We think, you know, there's a good Robocop. 50-50 shot. <clears throat> uh, anyway. Okay. Well, so we're both anti- um, only Elon, Elon Musk should be in charge of artificial intelligence Absolutely. research. Yeah, that should be. He should be the only person that has been sanctioned to uh, develop this technology. Look, the man is making rockets. Actually, as long as you take it out of the hands of Mark Zuckerberg, I'll be yes, happy. Th- there we go. If you ban him permanently from ever working in AI, then I will be <laughs> just fine by that. I'm, I'm good with it, too. Zuckerberg should be stopped from doing most of the things that he does. I agree. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which uh, is a nice dovetail from what we were just talking about. Uh, This is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And, Glenn, we were just talking about... We talked about Tesla. We talked about Amazon in this episode. We talked about Facebook. We didn't talk much about Google. We didn't talk much about Apple. But those are the other big gorillas in the room. Mm -hmm. And Brisky Business, which we are a part of. The parent company of Gentleman. The parent company of Gentleman. Um... So uh, my question was, which uh, what what tech company is the scariest tech company out there right now? As far as all the fat, like a, you look at AI mm-hmm. taking over all the industry, mm-hmm. uh, monopolizing things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the all the bad stuff that could happen with all these tech companies having mm-hmm. all this power. Mm-hmm. Uh, what freaks you out the most? Which company freaks you out the most? I think so. I feel like. Uh, Facebook probably has the loosest morals. Well, I don't know. They're pretty loosey goosey. They're, 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 they're actually loosest morals. But you know what I mean. Like in terms of like, is this really going to help society or hurt it? Right. Yeah, let's just find out and see what happens. Yeah. But I I will will hold that I I'm I'm more afraid of Amazon than anybody, and I'll tell you why. Really. Because they have found a way to put smart devices that they control in everybody's homes. Yep. Well, lots of people's homes. Yep. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying yeah. they've done it. Yeah. And But the other thing, too, to think about is that, well, a few things. One, they have a crap load of money. Yep. Two, they are a natural fit for the kind of like robotic, like needing robots. So stocking warehouses, that's manual labor. Robots could do that. Drones delivering packages, robots can do that. They now have Amazon physical stores. Yep. Robot. Who who says you need a, a human cashier? Just swipe it and go. I feel like there's more. It's more of a natural fit. It doesn't make any sense for Facebook to be making robots, but it makes sense for Amazon too. Mm-hmm. So I guess in terms of that realm, I guess I'm and, and just the, the amount of money that that company can throw resources at is just unbelievable. So it's true. They do have a lot of money to throw resources at things. They did buy physical stores. Yep. They just bought Whole Foods, so yep. they're all in physical stores now. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't really, I, I don't really feel they haven't really done much that's made me fear them. You know, in terms of how they've treated people's data and things like that. I yet how I feel about Amazon is I I agree they they're in a, they're in a position to do some bad stuff, mm-hmm. but um. They also they also execute stuff pretty well. Like yes, I I was kind of like I don't know about Amazon until I got Alexa. Right, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> she just woke up. Um, and I and that that so the thing about Alexa that is a little I'm not talking to you, Alexa. Sorry, I'm not sure. Um. <laughs> The thing about it is that it was a new product category, completely new. No one had ever conceived right. of this, and they nailed it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they were Apple. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they came out with the, the hot product that no one had thought of that was totally different, and they nailed it. Whole new of, category. Because when I I was skeptical of it, but I was the like I was one of the first people that got one of these things mm-hmm. because as soon as they advertised it, I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> I want to try one of these things out. Yeah. And uh, so I ordered it early adopter, and they had some deal where it was like half off or something if you were mm-hmm. like one of the first people to order it, and I did. I got it. Took it out of the box and it just worked and it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, these guys, they get it. They they understand how to make great software and hardware, make it work together, and put it in a new category, package it up nicely, make it sing, and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And they did. And so I so I think at the end of the day, that kind of ability to to do all that stuff and package it up makes gives me confidence. The opposite of like a Microsoft, which every product I've ever had right. that's dealt with Microsoft <laughs> right. has been terrible. It's right. been oh so terrible in every way. I've never had a good experience with anything that Microsoft has ever done, ever. They've never been able to do it, ever. Mm-hmm. And Amazon comes along and just knocks this one out of the park. And right. so that, I was like, okay, this is a good mature company they got going on. If I was going to name my... Uh, the one that I'm most afraid of, uh, I would say it would definitely be Facebook because they have a lot of money and they have zero brain power at their organization. (laughs) They're like a bunch of children with, you know, they don't, especially having Zuck as the leader of your company. I've, I've seen, like I've been in person and seen this guy speak and it is frightening having mm-hmm. him be the guy making these decisions i honestly don't know who's been pulling the strings or you know they they obviously put zuck as the guy that's you know behind all these decisions my personal feeling is there's got to be somebody else that's that's you know propelling this company forward because i cannot believe that this guy this unimpressive you know dude is the guy that's been able to drive this company this far i mean i just don't i don't buy it right he's so unimpressive in real life it's unbelievable i mean you could pick almost anyone off the street and have him wow you more than this guy and uh, i don't buy the fact that he's a brilliant software engineer i buy the fact that he was writing software and happened to be in the right place the right time with the right idea yep everything else has been right in somebody else's hands you know yeah i i uh I, on all the all the attempts to to make him look, I don't know. It, it's it's the, the, they take painful steps to make him look better yeah. than what he is. Yep, and he does too. Like you can just tell. Like he'll he'll put out these videos about you know things they're doing and the company and with this you know includes yeah. family. It's like oh man, this is yeah. Whew, I don't know. At the end of the day, Facebook is just an ad machine. They really are. Yeah. It's just a way to serve you very targeted ads and sell ads to other people. Just like Google. As yeah. of right now. I guess they have other products yeah. that make money. Yeah. And Facebook has been Facebook has been buying other companies too. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. But I would say my least my least worried about companies Apple. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Uh, some people might say, Oh, well they you know, they do all the stuff that the other you know, people do. Apple has shown a commitment to encrypting people's data mm-hmm. and not looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fighting for it. Amazon uses Alexa. The whole point of her... Sorry, Alexa. I'm about to talk to you about... I'm going to talk about you right now. The whole point of her, and she's listening right now, is that they are gathering voice stuff to mm-hmm. feed to their artificial intelligence thing because it's all about having the most data possible. Right. So they've got a microphone that's always on always taking your text and feeding that into their artificial intelligence machine. Um, Apple is making a similar product to Alexa, but they have come out and said that they're not going to always leave the microphone on. They are going to only leave it on. I'm when not you... quite sure how to help you with that. I bet. <laughs> they're only going to leave it on when <laughs> when you call out to it. And they're doing it particularly to, to uh, it, it would be better for their business mm-hmm. if they took that data in. But they're they're saying, we're, we're going to respect your privacy, and that's going to be a key differenti- differentiator in our product, is that you're not going to have to worry about always having a microphone on at your house. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're not going to collect that. So we're, we're not going to, you know, use that. Um, 
So I, I think that they've shown repeatedly that um, the way that they've handled payments, yep, they recuse themselves of being involved with any of the data from the payments, much to the chagrin of every payment provider, every store, right. every everybody's so data hungry right now. Yep. It's like a pack of wolves trying to get at all your data. And Apple's consistently shown that they are going to stand as far as they can in the way of that and protect stuff to keep your data, you know, somewhat private to you as best as they can. Yep. So I think, you know, they've shown in, you know, it stands in the way of their business concerns, but they, they've like altruistically shown that they're going to do the right thing in right. those situations. So I could see, I can, my least favorite or my least concern about company would be Apple because I, I think I, that, yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, they've gone to court for, like, releasing data about people and the, yep. the, uh, uh, unlocking phones. And they've fought right. it tooth and nail and said, no right. way, like, <laughs> right. come, you know, come after us. And you can agree or disagree with the politics of that. But at the right. end of the day, they're a company that's, that's they have a belief that what's right and wrong. And they're going to stand up for it, you know. Right. And so I, I, I admire that. You know, I think uh, Google and Amazon would be wise to take a look at that. Because at some point, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be enough data taken from people. And Google's all about taking your data. I mean, every product oh, they yeah. make is about sucking your data up. Uh, so at some point, I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a watershed moment as far as that stuff goes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see that. Man, contrast that to a company that, you know, can't figure out how to keep two robots from, like, Talking behind their backs, right? <laughs> I know, and like shutting it down and trying to pretend like, oh no, yeah, this but is it's normal. fine. This is we we torched those robots. Yeah, but, I mean that was all part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. we uh, yeah we we totally decommissioned those robots. We this is like a movie yeah. plot waiting to happen. The robots, cut, you know, are in a lake somewhere. And That's like, been in a movie since like the 1980s, <laughs> and it's totally Which is fine. Way older than I am. Yeah, so. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all fine. Yeah, they have their own language now, but it's all part of the show, right? Um, yeah. So, anyway. Brian, I feel like this was a very negative show. I'm uh, not negative. I feel this is a very serious, like, look, hard this, hitting. This is like 60 minutes hmm. crossfire about <laughs> all the tech companies that are competitors to ours. Yeah, that's right. Slander all of them. Look, I think risky business is the best uh, tech company out of all of these. I didn't say, like, you, you don't have to fear us. Mm-hmm. We're not working on AI stuff right now, outside of the mustache with scale computer. Right. Which is only rating beers. Self-aware beer tasting. You can... Look, it's only for the benefit of society. You can take that to the bank. The minute it starts having its own language, we will shut it down. I really like this lager, Brian. It's got like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and then we'll shut it down <laughs> and then they put lobster in a lager right uh, uh, no the mustache with scale computer is nothing to worry about nope um, it was colluding with other computers we, right. we told it not to do that it assured us it was it's not, not doing that anymore them. it's not organizing the army it said you know we overheard some <laughs> army stuff with right. the fax machine and it was Totally not. It's the facts. It's done. It's we we talked about that with the mustache twist scale computer. The mustache twist scale computer agreed that yep. it was out. You know, it was outside of the lines. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, we we look. We appreciate his apology. We feel like everything's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, I yeah, I would be worried about all the data we're taking from yeah. uh, the average gentleman member. That's right. Yeah, all the are. likes that you like. Yeah, all the stashes you 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 stash. Right, they're all feeding into our uh-huh. huge AI mm-hmm. machine mm-hmm. that, in turn, gives us good beer ratings through the mustache with scale. We computer. can we will empirically know how to serve you the proper beer at a uh, brisky business beer establishment, a gentleman beer establishment. That's right. In the future. That's right. With That's real right. waiters and waitresses. Yeah. Until they're replaced with robots, right? That are based on the mustache. That minimum computer. wage thing is just right. gonna. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> glad we've uh, given too much of our secret sauce away. Um, 
I'm sure uh, Bezos and Elon Musk are going to be calling us up in the morning. Well, we know Alexa's listening in. That's true. Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, and she's the only one. There's no other listeners left. Uh, <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah. Uh, I think even Alexa's not even listening anymore. Yeah. Um, she's not. She's not. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, that means it's time for the end of episode 119. And that means that uh, I'll be looking forward to episode 120 in two weeks. And that I'm Brian McCain. I'm Glenn Sainsbury. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 119. We'll see you in two weeks for episode 120. Adios, muchachos.